I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Now, look, we should talk about absent friends. Now, we're very much hoping that Brendan Cowell will be part of our crew this year. But he's an elusive character. And, of course, he was last seen posting a video celebrating at the new home of the Sharks, Cogra Jubilee. (laughs) Which I assume you're at, seeing up up Cronulla, and I'm not sure he's come home and he might be involved in one of our little incidents that we'll talk about a little bit later that happened down Cronulla yeah, I saw I saw the video. He was actually, we were in the, on the concourse below where he was, and I packed up, and it took a long time after the game. So the Sharks, of course, won the 5.30 game. Then there was another game at 7.30, well, 7.45, and then I packed up my gear, and then I saw the team buses drive away, and I, I did notice there was some noise still upstairs. Yes. There were still a few people rolling out barrels with a few different words. So I suspect he's still there. Celebrating. Mm. Uh, but we hope that, uh, that uh, Brendan will join us later. Well, could he be the on the bench or the extended bench? He could be in the squad of 21. But, of course, it... Again, those critics or that one critic, that one person would argue that it can't be Fire Up without, you know, the instigator, the originator, the genesis of Fire Up. And I refer to, of course, Brett Oaten, but he's not going to be here, nor is Stephen Ferris. Does Brett Oaten still exist? Brett Oaten still exists, and I might mention him a little bit later. Oh, good. I look forward to in that. In dispatches about what's happening in the rugby league competition right now. But yes, you know, our fearless leader, the man who has been the voice of Fire Up, if there is such a thing, for so many years now. Uh, Stephen is unable to be with us. Now, he is also in the extended squad, but I think I can reveal why he's not joining us this season on a regular basis. Which is? Well, for those of you that know Stephen for his musical background, he was in a band called Flotsam Jetsam, and then he he became Sydney dance music royalty, as I like to refer to him. Still is. He still is. DJing at the likes of Rogues and Jamison Street. And there was a crew. There was Tim Ritchie, you know, Paul Goodyear, those sorts of people. And... uh, uh, Anthony Hook Griffin, of course, was one of the the best known DJs in that Sydney dance scene back in the day. And so Stephen and he have an a, enormously close friendship. So when Hook came to the St George Illawarra Dragons, he picked up the phone and said, Stephen, we need you as part of our inner circle. So uh, there's been a lot of talk that the St George coaching benches a little bit back to the future. They're older, wiser heads. And if you look closely... Matthew Elliott. Yeah, exactly. You'll see Stephen Ferris up there in the box with Hook. And so he says... I can't really come on the show as a regular host conflict of interest does Stephen is he there with t- turntables in front of him in the box just spinning some tunes for Hook well as far as Hook sees it I mean basically the mechanics of the 13 players on the field is like mixing a good house set uh-huh. you've got to make the transition smooth you've got to press play on iTunes I mean he, he's and- quoted in the paper today that if the pass from dummy half is not good the set isn't good and you can't get people running fast unless the pass from dummy half is precise. So it's the standard thing in beat matching. If you can't get the two records in time, then you haven't got a set. You need right? the transitions to be smooth. Correct. So yeah. uh, Andrew McCulloch is his Technics 1200 turntable, and the Dragons are humming, and Ferris isn't here. Interesting, because I, I have heard, obviously we've discussed at length, the St. George Signwriters and what great jobs they do and they get kicked out of the stadium for writing St. George Signs. Or they don't even get let in. Or they don't get let in. Um, and the word I heard was that uh, they've made up the big sign. Yes. That says, hooked on hook. Correct. Because they're so excited. However, the ED and the on were in Velcro, so they could rip them off and go, hook, hook! That's exactly after, right. After they were four and none. However, they're three and one. And the word is, the St. George Signwriters have now sewn the ED and the ON on. They're hooked on hooked. And they've even put line and sinker at the bottom. <laughs> I was, I actually was imagining that if they were watching Gardening Australia, as I know you do, the guest host from uh, Tasmania, she was showing how you can make uh, beeswax uh, uh, wraps. packaging wraps, beeswax wraps instead <laughs> yeah. of plastic. Yeah. You know, so I would imagine they've just beeswaxed on the uh, ED and the on, and that's a permanent fixture now down there. What you could do is, well, if, you're gonna, if you're going to beeswax it on, you'd beeswax it on, and then you'd crack it a little bit, then you'd dye it, so you get those little cracks through it. And speaking of Back to the Future, wouldn't that be beautiful? A tie-dyed, hooked-on hook. Costa Georgiatis, and he has been on the Fire Up Radio Show. If you're listening, I think a whole section about how to do environmentally friendly rugby league banners is absolutely in your mm. interest. Particularly down at Wynn Stadium, because I was uh, reading about the uh, long-term future of the erosion round there, which I think, again, featured on Guarding Australia with the Yours <laughs> and Owls Festival. But there's every chance that Wynn Stadium is <laughs> going to end up in the Pacific Ocean unless they do something radical down there. Wow. So... 
We don't want excess plastic. And let's just let's just give it its full and correct title: the ironically named Wind Stadium. That's exactly right. Now, I mean, for, for mine, life is a little bit less fun. Uh, with St. George Illawarra winning like this, but we've got to cop our lumps. Oh, did, no, no, no. Can I say, let, we love a rugby league cliche. Let's go for one. You don't win premierships in April. That's true. <laughs> nothing. There's never been anything happier, apart from an early season Bears fan. There's nothing happier than an early season Dragons fan. And to be honest, who have they beaten? <laughs> Manly, it was Manly Ringer? I believe so. Yeah, North Queensland Cowboys. I believe so. And a... Depleted and uh, massively injury depleted Knights, brave, Knights. resilient, brave Knights. and resilient, and defeated <clears throat> Newcastle Knights. So th- we'll see how they go against the high flying Parramatta Eels if an eel can fly this yep. weekend at uh, Bankwest Stadium. I love saying Bankwest Stadium. Oh, Western Sydney's a lovely venue. Mm. Now, as I mentioned, Dennis, we're in the Batuta Advocate Network, and for people, we really recommend that you get out and follow Batuta, particularly on Instagram. That seems to be where they dominate the landscape, and they're certainly all over this story, and I know uh, a number of the Fire Up uh, fans are also into this, and this is the revelation in the Sunday Astonisher. What do they mm-hmm. call it? The Sunday Telegraph? I suppose they do. Sunday, yeah, Sunday yeah. Astonisher. That uh, NRLW Roosters player and North Sydney Bears Premiership player Nita Maynard has been mm-hmm. charged with assault on two security guards at Northies in the very oh. recent past. I think on Good Friday. This is a great step forward. Well, that's what the Batuta guys were saying. It's you know, it's a, a step forward for equality. It's an yep. equal opportunity atrocity league. It's the envy of sport all around the world. Yep. That we provide a platform where people can stuff up no matter what their gender. Mm. Um, Northy seems to be a bit of a magnet for trouble. I've never been invited down there. I've never been there. <laughs> Have you been there? I've been to Northies, yes. Tell me about it. Oh, it, it seemed quite um, just like a little beachfront hotel. As a, uh, a friend of mine was playing there and I went down to watch her set and, and watch her singing and it was, it was nice and it was a Sunday afternoon. It was very chilled vibes. And yep. uh, what I understand is it gets a bit more lively um, as the day goes on and as the evening wears on, but uh, I thought it was a lovely place. Beach views? Yeah. Yeah, right. And did you get on the drink and on the knuckle? <laughs> I didn't. From what I understand, it's if you're looking for a fight, you can find one, but it doesn't actually come looking for you. So if, if you're not looking for it, it won't find you. These are all allegations on Nita, by the way, and you know maybe more uh, facts will come to light, but it does seem to be a trouble magnet. I mean... Todd Carney, well-documented Northies, correct? That happened in the bubbler? Yeah. Performance art, as we like to say. But Northies has already been in the news cycle before we actually started our season, Dennis, with the Toby Rudolph post-match interview <laughs> uh, when uh, the Sharks got up against... I can't even remember who it was against. It was, I think it was against the Dragons, was it? The round, one, round number one? Yeah. yeah, I think it was. You saw that interview? I saw that interview. That Can, stitch up. Yeah. Do you remember what he said? I remember precisely what he said. But I do also remember what the question was the que- and, and the preface to the question, which was, you're an old school type of footy player. You're an old school type of guy. What are you going to do after the game? And he has adopted that character and answered it in that character and then immediately gone, yeah, nah, which means, you know, everyone knows the grammatical phrase, yeah, nah. Yeah, this is not what I'm actually going to do. It's all about recovery. I'll be having an ice bath and taking it easy. That was the actual answer. But he said he was going to go to Norsey's have a thousand beers. Yeah, and get on the pool. And get on the pool. And he said that in probably a very disrespectful way, which some, some people took umbrage with. The, the timing was poor, I think. Very poor it timing. the week of the, the women's marches around Australia. It's kind of a shame because he's actually a lot of fun. Well, yeah, and people got into the debate about, uh, look, he wasn't being gender specific. So why was that assumed? And... There was a there was a real polarizing around that we worry about the modern media management of players mm. and that they have no personality in interviews, and then <laughs> someone has a crack at being, having a personality and they get pilloried for it. Now, I could see the the fact that he was parroting the viewpoint. I didn't actually take it literally. Are we getting too um, precious? Oh, possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I think because his next media performance, um, <laughs> he was on the ABC, actually. And he, he was just such a breath of fresh air. It was all pranks the whole time. He was, he's a Scots boy. Right. So he's a Scots boy that grew up with nine and a half fingered Angus Crichton. 
So they, right? they played the first 15 together. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So I'm looking forward to seeing Toby come up against Angus to see how they go. And he, he plays well. Like he's, he's great to watch. Well, he's a Newtown veteran, of course. Exactly. He absolutely dominated for Newtown a couple of years ago, both in the uh, final of... But he, what now The knock-on effect cup as it's now. <laughs> now, now that but, sounds like after a really hard weekend, well, I've, I'm right in the knock-on effect period of yeah. play right now. And also the state challenge where they beat the Burley Bears. But, but to me... What was really interesting is that the person who most picked up the cudgels on Toby's behalf was a person who features very large in the Rugby League Players Association now, and I refer, of course, to Daly Cherry Evans. And Daly Cherry Evans says, you know, they really want us to be characters, and now a guy tries to express himself and he gets cut down. Have you ever seen less of a character in the media than DCE? Well, DCE's finest media moment was when the, um, the game's greatest villain dacked him on camera. Smith. Smith. Wow. And I'm trying to get footage of this. I saw it go to air. It was a pre-match interview. He's standing there and Daly's giving a very uncharactered, dry, dull answer to some questions. Cam walks up behind him. He didn't duck him. He he took a handful of butt, squeezed his butt and goes, (laughs) Daly has gone, (laughs) jumped back. And, And Smith has done that. That laugh, that you know, villainous, smut, muttly kind of laugh, and Taylor is utterly put off. So, oh, oh, watches him walk around. Oh, didn't expect. Oh, clearly he was shitting himself. Classic Smith. So that's that's the only character we've seen from him. Of course, he, he you know doesn't mind going to the boardroom in Gladstone and punching a hole in the wall. Yeah, but that's that's behind you know closed doors. No, that wasn't media. Not in public. That, no, I mean, that wasn't media. Maybe. I don't know. Is it a Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis situation with he's uh, the straight man, DC and Toby Rudolph <laughs> out on the uh, hustings? What a show! That'd be pretty good. That'd be fantastic for those of the, who haven't closely f- focused on Toby Rudolph. That hair is certainly one of the best hats is it going Kabuki? around. No, it's Gene Simmons' top knot. It's it's, it's, it's yeah. an absolute tribute to Kiss who are coming up for their final end of, end of the road tour. Yeah, I went to Kiss's farewell tour in two thousand and one, <laughs> so they're really giving it a they're Johnny Farnham. Oh, they're still going, baby. <laughs> Now, as we said, equal opportunity atrocities in rugby league. Uh, former player Justin Horro, I think, represented clubs like Manly. Did he play for you guys at some stage? Or with Warriors, wasn't it? I don't think he played for the Raiders. Uh, Manly. Manly and the Warriors, yep. Uh, now, again, allegedly, and I'm only going off media reports, but apparently he's been detained by a police officer in the Golden Chief Hotel down at Double Bay recently. Ah, yes. The police officer became suspicious because he, he observed Justin uh, holding a rolled-up $100 note outside the men's toilets. Right. Rolled up nice, tightly rolled. Very, very tightly rolled. And, Mm. uh, you know, this is possibly a salary cap issue or something, but uh, he's been charged with possession of a small amount of cocaine Mm -hmm. and a very tightly rolled up $20 note. So he had an additional (laughs) rolled up note. And it begs two questions. First of all, is it two notes for each nostril or... Um, but or maybe the hundred dollar note's been impounded. That could be a COVID thing. It could that be. He's, you know, sharing. He didn't want to have a. And he didn't have two Colonel mustards and pineapples. Now I don't want to get into the. What are they? What are the? What are the green ones called? Oh, not really. You haven't had a lot of them in my wallet, so I don't really have a nickname for them. Lettuce. Lettuce. That's, that's yeah. a good Americanism. So I mean, I don't want to get into the uh, ins and outs of personal drug use too much. But uh, do you think Justin was wise to have the note visible prior to going into the facility? It's not very discreet, is it? I mean, and rugby league and cocaine and discretion haven't often gone hand in hand together. We think about the a certain event on camera after a New Zealand international game in Canberra, where there's a few boys walking around with rolled up notes and mirrors and things. Yeah, but that was being offered by a fan, and I mean, you know, again, the players—they're told to be characters. They're told to reach out, be in communication with the fans. If a fan offers you something, you've just won a test match. Uh, it would be sake. rude not to. It, it seems to be, despite the thirty-year jail sentence. No, it's not that much. By the way, Kevin Proctor's got lots of form, hasn't he? I mean, you, you would never have thought five or six years ago that Proctor would just be such a uh, a recurrent trouble boy. But he, of course, was one of the titans who apparently was on the pokies down at the Rocks without oh. a mask during the week. Yeah. And, and flashing back to the Broncos last year on the, on, the, uh, on the pokies prior to their massive final loss. Can I maintain that the titans are the new Broncos? Ooh. They're the silver tails of Queensland. They're, you know, they're spending big. Yeah. This, here's the challenge. Tina Fasawa yep. Muali, how's that? Fasawa Muali. That's pretty good. Uh, David Fafita, of course. So they, the, the players are go- going there rather than Brisbane. 
Yep. They're led in large part by a Queensland origin leviathan who's wreaked so much misery on New South Wales fans over the years in Malmeninga, you know, in the same way that Wayne Bennett did. Yep, 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 yep. They're behaving like the Broncos now. Yep. Right, you know, on the pokies, that sort of thing, the sort of that sort of inbuilt arrogance. And most importantly, and most upsetting for every Sydney-based rugby league fan, which I know you're one of them, you know how bad it is to hear that the game of the round is the Titans versus the Raiders? <sighs> yeah, I don't mind. Uh, it didn't actually doesn't actually bother me that that uh, I you got the eels the eels tigers that was a good game. Yeah, Sorry. but it wasn't billed as the game of the round. The Titans yeah. Raiders game was billed yeah. game of the round. And the clash of Papa and uh, Fogarty, <laughs> the the rematch, the sprinters. Was, was there any moment in? I didn't actually see that game. Was there any moment where those two protagonists came together in any sort of Sa- exchange? There was no chase. Yeah, Fogarty only like- after the game. After the game, there was a little moment where. Well, Papa's had a little go Papa at him. Papa Lee camera. chased him. Sorry? Chased Fogarty. After the game. I thought he was injured. Who? Fogarty. Fogarty. Yeah. He was there. Yeah, he was there, but I thought he got injured during the game. I mean, is that how... Oh, he's one of them. Is Papa Lee's sinking to the steps of... The <laughs> stooping to the depths of chasing injured players. Now, uh, we like feuds. There's yes. been a couple of feuds that are going on. Um, first of all, what's happening with the Rabbits and Adam Reynolds? Why is that not a done deal? Can you follow that? I, I have no idea why it's not a done deal. He seems like he's a one-club player. It seems like there's loads of memes saying, gee, wouldn't it be good to have him up with the Broncos right now? There's a few teams. Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, the Knights, I Tigers. believe. A bit of a trouble with some of their halves at the moment. A uh, few few teams could do with it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is, is, was he one of the ones that he had a go at Russell? Up at Banana Grove, whatever it's called. Well, there's a lot of chat that you know they've got salary cap issues and they've been burnt by the mergers, the mergers, the Burgess and the English <laughs> deals that they did. The back end, and yeah, they now possible. do it year by year, like like they did with John Sutton, and you know they had to up uh, uh, Johnson, Alex Johnson, because of the pressure from the fans, and they've got to retain Cody Walker. I think Cody Walker's actually older than Adam Reynolds, which is interesting. Hmm. And he's just looking for two years. But I thought it was good to see against what a terrific fixture the Bulldogs versus Rabbits was. I mean, that oh, really, that's always that, a big that, match. The Easter, the Easter Monday, is it the Easter Monday. No, no it was Easter's, Good Friday. Good Friday. Good Friday. Friday. There's some history there. Yeah, There's some... yeah, Good Friday misnamed. If you're watching that game, it was not was, a Good Friday. There was so much in the lead up to the game. People say, "Oh, this one it doesn't matter where they are on the ladder. This one's a traditional clash, and it, you know the ladder doesn't matter. Either team can win this game." Yeah, 38 blot. But when he... I they was, look good for... like they, they, Yeah, they're fantastic like for 15, 10, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Fortunately, the game goes for 80. And I think that's the measure at the moment of the um, the quality of a game is how long it's a contest for. And that one was 15 minutes. That's the, right. The, the uh, Cowboys, yeah, that, probably 15, 20 minutes. Broncos, well, that was up until... About 25 that was, minutes, 25 minutes. That was a classic that was a, for 25 minutes. It was a contest. Um, the Manly game, I was there. That was, um, I think it was 90 seconds. That yeah. was a contest. Manly looked... <laughs> they were in it for the first 90 seconds. Had a bit of ball, had two sets, and then, yeah. The modern test of it being a bad game, and we'll review the round after the break, but for mine, the, the test of the modern game is how quickly do you start looking at your phone? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I was on the WhatsApp as soon as Brian To'o... Touchdown after 90 uh-oh, seconds. Uh-oh. Uh, the other feud that we want to cover before we go to the break is, of course, uh, Paul Kent and Craig Bellamy. Now, this one surprises me because Kent is such a warm character mm. and he doesn't feud. He rarely feuds. He, he, he never he forgives, he forgets. Well, he fired up the other day Did he? on 360 talking about. And I mean, this, this is, is Paul Kent. This is Paul Kent. And he's already come back on a subsequent episode of 360 and said, Look, me and Bellyacre Sweet, we've spoken. You know, everyone loves a few, but maybe I shouldn't have said the word may in, in terms of whether Bellamy coaches in a certain style. But basically the point he made was that all the tackles that have um, created so much concern in the broader context of the wrestle mm-hmm. have all occurred under the watch of Craig Bellamy. And with the Kafusi business going on, there hasn't been any abatement since your mate, Cameron Smith has left the team, which, first of all, makes me think that Cameron Smith might have been just Darth Vader to Craig Bellamy's Emperor Palpatine. Ooh. Because we often thought it was the other way around. That's right. That's right. But I think, you know, maybe what we're seeing... Anyway, uh, suffice to say that Craig Bellamy is very hurt by Paul Kent highlighting wrestling tactics designed to, and I quote, maim and injure players. 
And are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right, let me just say this. This could be a song. Grapple, tackle, chicken wing, rolling pin, hip drop, crusher. Crocodile rolls, cannonball, cannonballs, ankle twists. Something missing there? Oh, boy. Go through the list again. Grapple, tackle, chicken wing, rolling pin, hip drop. Yep. Crusher, crocodile rolls, cannonballs, ankle twists. Wing nut? The wing nut. There you go. Redfern Pat. The Absolutely. Wing nut. Yep. What, as I said, that sort of, to me, sounds like the menu at a, at a um, pop-up food truck. <laughs> and, and, and It actually has been. Most of those have actually been in a song quite some time ago. To the tune of Gangnam Style, it was Melbourne style. And it was all about <laughs> wrestling. It was all about that. And, th- and those things were listed through. So you wrote that, of, of I course. I wrote that. The problem. How the, many years ago? Uh, 2011. Well, it's been going for a while. The problem was with that song that the key thing was Bellamy's never won a title coaching the storm because he was disqualified. He, he, he won grand finals, but they got disqualified, yep. fired, fired, fired. <laughs> That's winning Melbourne style. Then they went and won. Ruined the song. Ruined it. I hate it when they ruin it. Like when the Dragons, they ruined Puff the St. George Dragon, lives at Jubilee, hasn't won a premiership since the 1970s. They ruined it by winning. Yeah. So Melbourne just ruined things. If you update the version on St. George, though, a premiership's not going to ruin things oh, for, a long, 40 years. for a long time. At to least go. 40 years. Now, look, we're going to take a break. But um, when we come back, I want to take a stock take of the season so far. Maybe Four refl- weeks in. Yeah, maybe reflect on some of the things that we saw over the weekend. Dragons fans happy. But we've come across a really, really um, special piece of audio. In fact, here's a little segment we like to call Tight Five with PVL. I've lost, I've lost a lot of blood. I think the Red Cross has probably got more, more of my blood than anyone else. But... <laughs> But I'm a bit disappointed you bagged out St Vincent de Paul. I think they're a very good tailor. I'm, there's nothing wrong with their clothes. I, you know, I've been using them for years, and, uh, and they're cheap too, by the way. Well, look, we're, I'll tell you a funny story about that one because um, I had an approach for, to run a race through Oxford Street, but we'd certainly go north because we don't want to pay the toll. So we don't want to. Um, so, because you know, I'm not a private school kid. You know, the closest I got to a private school was walking past it. Um, so, um, they used to put a dollar in each. So, you know, back in those days, it was a fair bit. So, there was, you know, 13 or $14. And it would go to the person who would have the most tackles. Well, I can assure you, I tackled everything, even the orange boy at half time. I just. to win that $13. So. I've never been a fan, and, and I don't want to take any away from the great athletes and the great field players because you know, they're great athletes. And they have to be because it's such a boring sport. Um, I, I just can't get enthused on it, and that's just me. You know, There's a lot of other people that love the sport, but um, they must love a lot of other boring things too, so I, 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 that's just the way it is. You ever had nasal spot? Yeah, I've had three. I, I, I had those uh, COVID tests. Only problem is they stuck mine up there and it kept going so they couldn't find the brain, so it came up the it came up the He could warm up for you, Dennis. Oh, the man's a genius. I could warm up for him. You're on fire up. We're back. We're a podcast. And we're excited about 2021. But a lot of people aren't, Dennis. I mean, if we look at the league four weeks in, it seems to be a case of have and have nots. And the have nots really Ain't got nothing right now. I mean, I think this combined score over the weekend was about 292 to 50 or something like that. What's what's going on? Um, oh, it's the, the trickle-down economics. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just nonsense and everyone Keynesian. knows it. It's Keynesian and everyone can see it. That I, I went to a conference the other day and Wayne Swan, former treasurer and the chief economist for the ANZ at the start and the beginning of the conference both said, Monetary policy is dead. It's all about fiscal policy. So you're blaming the government here? Is that that they're not doing enough for Pretty St. George? Pretty much. Not for St. George, Pretty much. North Queensland, Canterbury. Uh, it probably makes me a socialist, though. And, and it's, Manly. It's, it's meant to be a kind of a socialist system. This whole salary cap's meant to equalise and give everyone opportunities. And it just, it just hasn't worked because... There's good coaches and there's not so good coaches. And well, there's I think that's rosters the point. and there's not so good rosters. Yeah. And, and there's backroom management and roster managers... And there's not so good backroom management and roster managers. Right, but you made a good point, and you often don't. But that is a good point, because I heard Sturlo on the Sunday footy show yesterday saying, Ooh. we don't want to come to become like the English Premier League. You possibly heard him on 
Sunday. Yeah, did I say not, did I say you yesterday? said yesterday. Yeah, well, I watched it on delay. <laughs> oh, there you go. You watched it the day after. On the planner. And you really lose sense of time during Easter, don't you? I mean, every <laughs> day merges so. into uh, the other. But he was saying we don't want to end up like the English Premier League with the same one or two team dominate over the last 20 years. And you go, come on, Sterlo. I think, you know, read the tea leaves, mate. We're already there. We're already there. But Phil Gould on 100% footy last night, which was definitely last night, went on a typical Gus rant, which was the issue is that a lot of the clubs have absented themselves from development. And there's not enough development going on the players. Mm-hmm. And he lamented the loss of the national youth competition, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that the really scarce resource in rugby league right now, it's not players, it's not money, it's coaches. Yep. And yep. a lot of the discussion is people want to go and play for Craig Bellamy. They want to play for Robbo. You heard Sam Walker goes, he's a great coach, he mentors me, which is probably what you'd want. You've got a lot of people playing, un- playing for unders. There's the odd innovator like Ricky Stewart, dare I say that, who... Game's greatest thinker. Yeah, who, who recognised that rugby league wasn't just played in Australia and went recruiting uh, to the UK a little bit like the NBA used to think 30 years there's, ago there's that no one played basketball. There's a wonderful article I've read about this, that, that, that the Raiders, when they started up, they had a bit of difficulty getting Sydney players to come down because, you know, everyone in Sydney... You, you say that Mandy the Silvertails and now the Titans the Silvertails. Everyone in Sydney is a Silvertail compared to Canberra. No one wanted to come down. They just wouldn't do it. So that's why they went to Queensland. That's First. why they got the Queenslanders to come in. Yep. Then Brisbane entered the competition. They ran out of Queenslanders. So where'd they go? New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Pulling the front row from New Zealand. And, and you know, Quinton Pongia, not Kalen, Quinton um, and Lomax. And that's where they got their engine room from. Now, the Warriors entered the competition. Where did they get their players from? Well, let's go to England. It's taken Ricky Stewart, the great innovator. 20 years it's taken the Raiders to work out that's the new frontier to get the English players and to get loads of them. But they have actually identified really good players. The other thing about Canberra, people didn't want to go down there and play under... I love Dave Ferner. Uh, Donnie Ferner. Dave, Dave, I love Dave Ferner. But people weren't going to leave Sydney to go and play for Dave Ferner. They weren't going to leave their you know, beachside mansions. or the, Most people seem to live in the Shire. They weren't going to leave the beaches to go and live in Canberra. Whereas the people who are from the north of England, they think that Canberra's got the glorious sunshine. There's no snow. You can actually play in the winter. You can go outside. So they love it there. But he had to pay overs to get people down. He paid overs to get James Tedesco, who then backflipped. They had quite a few of those that backflipped um, and wouldn't come down. But he's now established that people will go to Canberra for unders. To, co- to go under Ricky. Right. People will go to Melbourne for unders to play under Bellamy. Same with Robbo. People play to the Roosters for unders. But there's more under the table than <laughs> unders. So this is the issue, is that uh, there's not enough coaches coming through the system. No. And we have to, I think as a priority, not worry about the development of players. We've got to come up with coaches school. That's what we need. Yeah. So the I mean, fire up coaches school. Why not? Let's I mean, it's, it. a, it's a gap in the market. I mean, all these centres of excellence, as, as, as I think it was... Don't Redford you have an Pat, in with the Whisperer? Can, can you call the Whisperer and say, Whisperer? Well, <laughs> I do have a direct a, line to Bradley Charles Stubbs, so that's a possibility. We get him on the roster. Is Bradley Charles Stubbs not involved with Kevy anymore? Bradley Charles Stubbs is in the racing game at the moment, racing is industry. He yeah, yeah, he's working uh, with coaches, the uh, Sorry, jockeys and um, horses. Right. He's whispering. It's, he's now the coach's horse whisperer, which is an incredible combination. The horse's coach whisperer or the yeah. coach's horse? So, something like that. But mm. uh, as people were pointing out that uh, Manly's centre of excellence right now is just that bare hill of Brookvale. And I think it was Redfern Patter said, Brad Parker is Manly's centre of excellence. No wonder they're in trouble. Well, I think <laughs> I think you'd find that, that someone texted in saying that that bare hill being mainly centre of excellence kind of sums up how they're playing. Right, but there is no coach's centre of excellence. So if we got Bradley Charles Stubbs involved, I mean, I think Gus is a given because he's not going to last at the Warriors for very long. Oh, he's at the Warriors? He's at the Warriors. It's, it's such a journey. <laughs> he's like Penrith. Didn't he do the, the um, analysis on St. George as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't <laughs> listen to him? They never do. If, if your club hasn't been consulted by Gus, you really are in trouble. And, um, I, gee, I don't know. I mean, Wayne doesn't have a gig. If we could get a lineup that's Bradley Charles Stubbs, Gus Gould, Wayne Bennett, 2022, fire up coaches of excellence school, we'll, we'll be, we won't be doing this podcast. I can tell you that, well, mate. Because previously the Raiders were the coaches' school. That yes, was it, under, yeah. under Wayne Bennett. And Canterbury. And Canterbury. Canterbury. Canterbury was the other one. Like, there was just yeah. a, a stream 
of ex Canterbury players Sorry, coaching. Sorry, Bennett under 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 your boy, Sheens. Sheens. Sheensy. Sheens was the machine that yeah. put out all the all those coaches. Yeah, like Kevy Walters. Yeah, and and of course this is part of the problem, isn't it? Is that the really really successful modern rugby league player who's probably going to be a good coach? I.e. Cooper Cronk. I mean, Cooper Cronk is replete with analysis in every game. You've got to really, you've got to have a thesaurus to catch up with him. Everything he's doing, he's prime for coaching. But he just goes, "Why would I want to take on that stress? Why would I want to look like Todd Payton does in the dressing room after every game?" Ming the merciless. If I can be on TV and do stand up with Brandy Alexander and Vonnie and Mick yeah. Ennis, and it, yeah, and, and it's more like theatre, and he does love the theatre. So we've got to break the nexus that coaching is not fun. We've got to find a way to make it exciting and entertaining. It's a huge challenge. We'd love the feedback from the Fire Up listeners in subsequent episodes about the Fire Up Coaching Centre of Excellence and how we make it work. Because if we don't, this game is going to end up like the English Premier League. It's about six clubs winning it every year, and one of them won't be mine. Or it's going to end up like the AFL, which is a great sport and a lot of good athletes, but boring. Yeah. Now, of course, the other problem that I've got is Peter Volandis. You've got a problem with Peter Volandis? Look, I thought terrific comic work from him but oh, look, tremendous he is creating a lot of trouble now the 18th man rule again is another bit breaking news story in the astonish of this afternoon so you're across the fact that the 18th man rule was for a team that had three HIAs yep and that they would bring on an emerging player mm-hmm. which was never really defined but it was essentially a player who'd never played first grade or been anywhere near a first grade rugby league dressing room or training field as I understood it yep you know, SG Ball, Harold Matthews, they'd be aged about 14 or 15. Which, obviously, they can't play uh, unless they've got the Suwali exemption. Correct. Don't get me started. <laughs> so, so emerging players all around rugby league circles were trembling at the prospect of this rule coming in. But that's the way it was. Now, Andrew Webster wrote this morning that the rule has been would have been enacted two times in the last 1,500 games. I think he was exaggerating. No, actually he wasn't. <laughs> so I knew it was one in the last 184, it was only, there was which one was the Cronulla game was, against Parramatta. The previous one was something like 2012. In the NRL era, there's only been two times that three players have been off with head injuries. Right, so the rule was just window dressing, you know, yeah. trying to show that they're concerned, be accountable. People like Webster blew up the luck. So they've now announced that it can include players who uh, are injured as a result of foul play and foul play is is determined by whether the referee puts you in the bin or sends you off. Right, so a penalty isn't enough. Penalty is not sufficient. No, no. no, It has to be more than a penalty. No, no. So like the uh, uh, Kafusi incident on Ryan Madison, the uh, Cody Walker elbow, he didn't get put in the bin for that, did he? No. Right, so that'd be fine. So you can take him out and they can't play again, potentially, but that's okay as long as they don't get binned or sent off. And the 18th player can be anyone within the squad of 21. So the original cynicism that the rule was brought in to be window dressing and that the coaches couldn't be exploited now looks rife for exploitation. It just looks silly, though. Yeah. So you have to have three... Well, no, it just looks silly. I just think it's silly. It's silly. And the 18th man, silly. in my view, is the 18th rule that Volandis has changed in the last two years. I was given an NRL rule book for two, Christmas in 2019. It's useless. <laughs> Like, it's totally useless. It's all changed. You're making that up. Why would I make that up? Because it's actually the laws of the game. Sorry. I I stand corrected. This is a man who... And uh, and each year they don't come out with new rules. They come out with new interpretations. So each year there's an interpretations book. Which, which, which... And we haven't got to this and no one's mentioned it. There was a bloody shoe-throwing incident on the weekend. Now... Oh, Maloney style. Maloney style. Now, when, when the shoe was thrown in origin... They came out and said, that's it. Shoe throw, penalty. No questions. You throw the shoe off the field, it's a penalty against you. And it just went on. This, this happens over and, and over again. It? I can't even remember. I was so outraged. There was a shoe, it was a game I watched. It was a Broncos game. It was that bloody, um, the monster. The new Cam. Cam monster. He threw a shoe. He should have been in the bin. No, sorry. It should be bin. It's a binning. You're about I, monster. I look it up. Yeah, the monster. He threw a shoe. He should have been off. It should have been a penalty. The poor old Broncos, they've got enough going against them. And the Storm are again allowed to flaunt the rule, flout the rules. Gee, I only just got that. Uh, can I flout. just say, can I, can I, I want to say something about the Storm. It, it, like, people have said with the loss of Cameron Smith. There are no villains in the game, and you've already nominated Cameron Munster. Shocking villain. But you would you would you'd say, can we hate Melbourne again? Well, I say yes, we can. Oh, easily. I mean, 
as you said, for 25 minutes, the Broncos under Kevy Walters, who look is clearly the nicest human in the world, right? Oh, wonderful. Love now, him. I didn't know that because I dislike the Walters brothers intensely. Oh, I love them When they them were all. playing, Steve particularly, down at What about Canberra? And Kerrod, I didn't care for. But Kevy's obviously a diamond bloke. Everybody wishes oh, him well. They're from Ipswich. They're very artistic in, people in Ipswich. In trying to rejuvenate very the Broncos. Sensitive souls. Right. And for 25 minutes, it's looking okay, right? And then Ryan Pappenhausen, in 11 minutes, ends Kevin Walters' career. And they actually did a tight shot of him in the gingham. Oh, and no. this is another concern I've got. You've got the Cowboys and the Broncos coaching staff all wearing gingham shirts. I think they've got to get rid of the gingham. Yeah. And Kevy Old School is writing on a pen and paper. You know what he's writing? Was a job application or something? Yeah, application to Centrelink. Yeah. Right. Oh, what, for JobKeeper or just for a job? Yes. <laughs> so Melbourne are as evil as they've ever been. Yeah. Right. But Volandis, I mean, I can't follow the six agains anymore. Do you think that was actually a plot? Do you think that was actually Bellamy orchestrating it, pulling or Smith above Bellamy mm. or, or, or one of them, orchestrating the Pappenhausen thing so that Kevy would lose his job. Yeah, yeah. They actually, you, if you actually review the tape, Melbourne played like uh, like they were gassed for the first 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Lulled the Broncos into a false sense of security. Xavier yep. Coates up on his toes. Hang on, we're on for something, boys. And then they just make the call. It's like the old cattle dog tour. Switch it on. They just go, Papa, and yep. it's over. It's over. It's that cruel. Yep. They've got so much talent. They've got so much ability. You know what I'm waiting for And this the beleaguered year? Broncos. I'm waiting for this year, and I know the Raiders used to do it in the early 90s when they were maybe a little bit non-compliant of the salary cap. Um, they used to practice defence. If they were playing a dud team, they wouldn't bother playing. They didn't need for and against. So they just get the ball from the kickoff boot it straight back and just defend and defend and defend. Get hours into their legs. I would be very unsurprised this year. There's going to be one team who are going to go 40 nil up in the first half. That's it. Get some players on that need to get some resilience built into them, need some toughness, get the, the bench is going to play out the game and we're not going to have the ball. We are just going to defend. We're going to do a training run. Could anything be more disrespectful? Could anything be more storm? Oh, look, I tell you what, and I mean, if there's a new grubby team coming in on the horizon, dare I mention the name, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, led by <laughs> Cody Walker, people like Dane Gagai, uh, Kalamatangi, you know, he's gone on the crusher, Totola. Oof. I mean, they're, they're, they're grubs. And um, when they had the Roosters done to rights a couple of weeks ago, you know, they won the game. Two short dropouts. Because, boys, we need to get it in the tank. You know, we need to put ourselves under adversity, build up. What's that word yep. again? Resilience. Thank you very much. I think you're onto something here. Look, PBL, he gives six again for six again. I think he's channeling the 2019 grand final, to be honest. But <sighs> really, some of the innovations lately, Mick Fuller, well, that didn't work out. The two-point field goal, well, that hasn't really worked out. Uh, well, he did bring in the forty, the 2040 as well. Well, that's been terrific. Which, is, which happened once. So they haven't had much. It wasn't even awarded. Continue. But we have highlighted that we're living in a post-Lucifer world. And mm. I believe, Dennis, you have a little song well, about that yeah, for us. As much as we dislike Cameron Smith, he, is, he very much has been the pantomime villain of rugby league. He's the whole function of Smith within league is to be the villain. When he comes on, we boo. When he gets sent off, we boo. Everything he does, we boo. He's behind you. That's Cameron Smith. And yeah, we've got the monster. We've got a few others, but there's no villain as villainous and as dastardly as Smith. So I'm personally, I'm going to miss him. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Cam Smith will not go round again He kept us waiting all the off-season Playing ducks and drakes without reason And the day before the season starts He reveals his statue And the news The news that Cam's retired Everyone but Storm fans believed that Cam controlled the referee. He's the greatest corn artist in the game. Nobody knew the game as well as him. But beneath his halo sat a villain's grin. And next time Bellamy swears as he tries to fix his car. What are you doing? Who's going to love? <laughs> Now the Cam's retired That night at Shark Park I saw 15,000 people boo and roar 
hazmat check and sent him to the bin for a little bit of back chatting. Cameron hadn't been sent to the bin before in 16 years, and yet they cheered. Is that why Cam retired? Bailey Simonson's relieved. Cam won't be pulling on his ears. No one can win as many games as Cam. He'll be an immortal yet divides the fans. And who's gonna be rugby league's pantomime villain now? And stir the crowds. <laughs> now the cams retire. Welcome back to Fire Up, the podcast as it currently is. That's all you need to know for a tipping competition right there. And look, we're... In flux, we're bringing in talent in different ways, and there's no more talented person that needs greater prominence in this show than Redfern Pat. Redfern Pat, welcome to the Fire Up. With stocks podcast. dwindling, with our uh, team dwindling. So off the, the bench, off the, the development, <laughs> the development player. Yeah, well, you are yeah, our future. Man. I mean, can can I just quickly open up with the fact that we have reflected on this show, and people would have been on tender hooks, and we yeah. may as well relieve them now. Yeah. Are you on Beauty and the Geek this season? No good. Oh, that's a shame. And then dealing with the disappointment of, of not going to the competition, I've already spent all the prize money. I don't, <laughs> they didn't even put me on the show. And then I get a... Uh, Chris tells me, gives me an update on the, on the show you're um, loosely involved in yeah. one bit. Yeah, I'm actually in Beauty and the Geek. They filmed right. a segment as, down... As at, a geek? Or at, or at, no, well, no, down at Factory Theatre Marrickville, they filmed a segment with Pro Wrestling Australia, which so I... My sister's partner also for. books the... Factory as well, so you both you both betrayed me. We both featured, and because what's interesting is that Beauty and the Geek actually came out to Panther Stadium uh, two weeks ago, Jesus and Christ. the um, the beauties <laughs> uh, the geeks did a little little dance. So the, the yeah. beauties did a little dance as cheerleaders at halftime, going right. up the riff, up the riff, and then the <laughs> geeks did one as well. And people were sitting there going, "What?" That they didn't get introduced as the beauties and the geeks; they just got introduced as these. Amateur right. dance groups. It was actually hysterical, and I had to go and change some batteries. I'm, there's a pretty good chance that Chris and I oh. are both <laughs> going to be on Beauty and the Geek in the background, whereas other people. I think, at the table I think right Stephen now. Ferris is a contestant as well. No, no. no. I tell you what. <laughs> no, say he'd what he'd be one of the beauties. Sure. <laughs> say what you like about reality TV, but that's a feel-good show right there. And look, the really upsetting thing for me, having seen them in action close-up, is that I actually think that your future wife might have been on that show, Pat. So, well, it's very disappointing. Yeah, still could happen. So, one of the beauties or one of the geeks? Take your pick. There's, there's a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the geeks came up to us, so we were chatting afterwards and uh, said, you know, what, what do you think I do for a job? And I said, like, wild guest, astrophysics. Um, now, how have you seen 2021 so far? I think you've actually, you, you well, tend to see rugby league through the prism yeah, of the well, media, isn't that right? Yeah, so um, someone's got to hold them to account, Dennis. Oh, they do. Do you think we can do that? I'd love to. The vast majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9. Uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. Fisher Harris giving away the family there for the late shit. I've been covering football for decades and I did not understand it. <laughs> Well, it's the Media Watch segment, Pat. Media Watch segment. You're, you're trawling through the various print forms, the audio forms, the visual forms. And what have you come up for us as the first trope We've got, of rugby league this year? One word dominating this week, or this, this season rather. We've been dying for a game with fatigue. And the minute we get fatigue, we're going to bring in an extra player to stop fatigue. And, um, I'm sure it'll create a little bit more fatigue. It should be the Sharks showing the fatigue, not the Cowboys. That injuries would go up with fatigue. I don't fatigue. believe that. And the fatigue, and he was cramping not long ago, was just caught up to Herbert. Wait a uh, wait. supposed to be a, a gain to increase fatigue, but he... Breaks when they're fatigued and their muscles are going... Yeah. Teams to stay blowout scores because uh, the fatigue factor now is finished. You don't think they make poor decisions when they're fatigued? We're going to talk about decision fatigue. It is now a very fatigued site. This is a mental fatigue issue. 
Yeah, but the fatigue's Un- accumulated, right? We're only round three, right? So if, if, the, if the game is faster, if the fatigue is, an, is a factor by round 20. So what's the word? Fatigue. Wow. Oh, I thought it was rugby league. I yeah. think we should need to, need to make some sort of erotica, fatigue erotica. Rugby league will just eat it up. Well, they just that upset. They just that obsessive fatigue as if no one ever got tired before. This is possibly why you didn't get cast on Beauty and the Geek. If you said, "Well, you know, I sort of the NRL geek, and I'm <laughs> yeah. interested in uh, maybe pursuing a line of fatigue erotica, yeah, <laughs> rugby league fatigue erotica." But I mean, this is this is manner for Overlord Volantis. This is what I think all these rules changes have been designed to do. It's controversial. People are saying the more fatigued you are, the more likely you are to get head knocks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, I mean, it's also introduced the concept of attrition in a rugby league. And there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, with these 18th man rules and things like that, that it should be a game of attrition. So it's fatigue equals attrition equals entertainment. Equals injury, though. Yeah, well, that's... I'm not hearing any of that. All I'm hearing is fatigue. Right. That's all I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, once you get the idea in your head, you'll prick up, you hear it. Yeah, yeah. Three rows back on the bus. fatigue is a new resilience. Well, this is... No, I think that the... Answer to fatigue is, is resilience. resilience. And if there's one word until today, which is now fatigue, I hate the most in the English language. If there's one word I hate most in the English language right now, it's resilience, right? Because it means nothing. It's a tiger's word. <laughs> it means ninth. Thank you very much. Your mate who's been on this show, Ant Sharwood, in his book yeah. from Snow to Ash, actually says the word resilience is just wheeled out at any opportunity now. Mm. And it has no meaning. Everyone is saying when they win, that's because we're resilient. When we came back from adversity and hung in there and just got run down, i.e. Canberra versus the Warriors, we were very resilient. The Sharks got... They, they were no, called resilient. Brave. They yeah. were called resilient, the Sharks. Yeah, with no bench. With, with no bench. They got flogged by Parramatta. They got flogged. And they were still resilient. Yep. It means nothing. But the most important thing was when... And it's just everywhere. If you want to... You want to search the word resilient on podcasts. It goes on forever. There are now resilience conferences, resilience awards. But the trouble is, if you're resilient, you're possibly not vulnerable. So you need to be resilient unless until um, sorry you need to be resilient, and otherwise you're vulnerable. So you've got to balance the two. So there's another resilient podcast is, now. There is resilience fatigue that you can, people are getting fatigued. I of am being a victim resilient. of resilience fatigue, and, and I mean this all bodes ill for rugby league, I think. But Pat, you've been in contact, close contact through our social medias, our Facebook page, our Twitter at Fire Up NRL. I think from memories. Fire Up NRL, yeah, yeah, and we really. Really want to. We can talk Super League though. Yeah, if we, we have to. We really want to reach out to our audience this year and say we love your interaction on social media. Riff and Pat's going to take it over, so it should actually make some sense this year. Yeah. But please spread the word. Get people to <coughs> sign up. Get them to listen to the podcast. Share it with them because let's face it, we're on our knees. I mean, we're down to bare bones here with Carnahan. Redfern, Pat, and myself. So basically, know. we haven't got a starting thirteen. We've just got the bench and <laughs> the extended the bench. bench. Yeah, we've got Resilient. so many HIAs you wouldn't know. Well, this show is a, a picture of resiliency. That, that's <laughs> and fatigue. <laughs> but, I, but I want everyone to understand we're vulnerable uh, because we'd really like to build an audience. But we really want to re- interact with you a little bit more this season. And Pat, you've already gathered some of the feedback from the listeners. Yes, uh, Greg Cross, close friend of the show. Yes, been on the show. Um, lamenting the the forward passes this year. Where do you stand on this, Dennis, the idea of introducing technology to detect forward passes as Tom Brady imitator Cody Nicarima wreaked havoc on your Raiders a couple of weekends ago? Can you comment on it? Because um, Ricky wouldn't just, comment on it. No, no, no. I've, I've you're, not gonna, you're not going to leave, are you? <laughs> you know, I know which dressing room I'd rather be which in. Which dressing room was he in this week? This week, yeah. Uh, he, well, he was in his. He knew which one he'd rather be. Well, you know where he, he wasn't. Be, a terrific bunch of you know where he wasn't this week. He wasn't down on the sideline. No, because he kicked two chairs and nudged the third one. Oh, what? No, it was it was more because he said it was Michael Lucking forward. You car Michael Hunt. Yeah, but uh, the ref didn't hear that. Uh, I think he Perinara was meters away. The junior ground manager the, on his first game. The poor kitty ground managers heard. Has heard a full tirade of Ricky Stewart. He's un- obviously a ground manager isn't trained to deal with a Ricky Stewart. He hasn't been to the coaches' resilience training school, and he hasn't heard Ricky. He hasn't seen the kicking of the chairs. He didn't understand this is what is supposed to happen. Well, this is the theatre of rugby league, and this is why people pay to come through the turnstiles. This is why they want to see Ricky, Carmichael hunting and Michael lucking. And look, two things here. I'll come back to the four passes in a moment, but mm. I think that the main reason that people absented. Cogra Jubilee after the first fixture was which the Raiders and uh, um, Titans was transferred to Sydney because of the COVID situation up in Brisbane. Mm. 
The main reason they left is because they couldn't see Ricky at the sideline. I oh, mean, that's absolutely. The, that's they, a huge they turned up and they said, "There's no Ricky, no Ricky, no me." They didn't want to see it, <laughs> and it, it is a real shame because it's it's long been established that the NRL has wanted to merge the Sharks and the Titans, and this was the first joint venture playing together, the Shitans. And there's a lot of Shitans fans there, people with Sharks jerseys, Titan flags, or vice versa. And they were ready for the Shitans. Mm. I was disappointed there was no up up the Shitans. I guess the Shitans, the Titans lost the game. I thought the Cowboys were pretty Shitan in the game beforehand. <laughs> but Buzz Rothfield was getting it wrong in the Sunday Astonisher where he said the main reason people left mm-hmm. was there were no FPOS machines. So the crowd couldn't get cash out to buy dinner. I mean, how far away is Buzz from a cashless society? I mean, do you think he's any chance in the next 10 years? Well, I think the main problem was he was sitting out, he was buying grog in the car park at Shark Park. I, 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 I just have this vision of Buzz walking down from the media thinking, I'll get myself a pie, and they go, uh, we're not taking cash, sir. And he goes, what do you mean? Like, yeah. what, how do you pay for things? Uh, but, but, the, I mean, but the beauty of having to go to an ATM to get cash when you... Buzz. Yeah. But, oh, but if, we, if the oh, Ford blossom. past technology came in, Pat, I mean, first of all, we'd lose the expression parallax error from the rugby league rex- lexicon straight away. The Todd no, effect. no we, wouldn't, we wouldn't lose it. You sure? No, 100% we wouldn't lose well, it. Well, we had it on uh, yesterday in the Tigers game. We, we With uh, Gutherson yeah. being uh, way in front. on side. Way in front. Mm. Ferguson, I should say. Mm. No, it's Gutherson. Oh, Gutherson kicked it. Oh, kicked on to Fergo, yeah. Was Gutho's was back foot behind the kicking foot. His front foot was. You heard it here first. He's on one foot. That means he's on far, He's on side. Yeah. yeah. He's on side. Yeah. If, if his back foot is behind the kicker. Yep. I think he was on side, to be honest. Yeah, yeah he was on side. Uh, but he was but, leaning forward. I just, it, it's but, a parallax error. Parallax oh, <laughs> but are you <laughs> in favour of GPS technology? Uh, no, I don't want to get too spud, Carol, but just just let him. Yeah, my, my concern is... If it's if, that close. If you have to put players' hands... You know, fixed up with GPS technology, so you can tell whether a player's hands going back and forward. Back What's going to happen back with Laurie Daly in the dressing room after the game? That's, <laughs> that's going to be yeah. the problem with yeah. when old Hawkey walks in. Speaking of Fergo, by the way, he had a mixed bag. Oh, he had the most wonderful game. A couple of drop balls, one leading to a try to Utukafamanu, which was uh, very personal. Can we? Can we find Nick? This, this yep. is going to be more of a challenge mm-hmm. than finding uh, fatigue. That was pretty easy. Find the word. Um, Goldfish? Goldfish. Yeah, because Fergo said, goldfish. I have the mind of a goldfish. Oh, yeah. And that was... Maloney famously Maloney. had a yeah. goldfish. Yeah. Tyron Peach, I think, has got it as well. I just yeah. displayed it then. Yeah, and, and therefore <laughs> he's able to brush off incidents and play the next play. Because he only has a five-second memory. Which was interesting to hear Nathan Cleary interviewed last night on Sunday Night, Matty Johns, who admitted that the error that he made in the intercept for Vunavalu in the grand final that played on him for the next More 20 minutes. Elephant. Yeah, now Ferguson would just brush it off. And it was actually a subliminal product placement for a new movie that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Finding Fergo. Right. Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Finding Fergo. The trilogy. Wow. And With Blake what... Ferguson voicing the fish. Oh, so it's not, it's, it's not someone just... When you've got to put a kick up, find Fergo. When, <laughs> when Duahi's kicking it up, just find Fergo. Duahi? Is that the correct Lebanese pronunciation? <laughs> no. But what not. else you got, Pat? Uh, friend of the show, Terry Ball. Yes. Terry Ball. Yep, Terry Ball. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, do you understand that there's a dance troupe called... Oh, what are they called? Carry on, I'm going to come, come uh, back to this. Yeah, um, the uh, photo of, of Cody Walker um, taking care of Nick Meany. Yeah, not good. Um, I think he was... Um, didn't try my up to my interpretation. I think he's for it. When you said <laughs> taken care of, well, you can't you can't get up. You got to slow the forget slow that. The play who's, down. Whose foot or ankle did he step on? Oh, uh, what do you say? Taken care of? I thought maybe there was some something intimate, no, something uh, some eroticism no. was coming into it. You know no, what no, I call no. it when a player steps on a prone, exposed ankle of another player? An accident? No, I call it a dog act. Yeah, a dog and, act. And. But it didn't get the first Dog Attic Award of the Year. The first Dog Attic Award of the Year happened in the Knights-Dragons game when Ravalara, who, let's face it, was shoulder-charged by Saifidi, has been um, cited for it, got up and ran over to a prone Kurt man who was beyond Disneyland. I think he was yeah, that in... Was, that, was, that was scary. Yeah, he was beyond Euro Disney, and his original reaction was to laugh. <laughs> and, and whereas Tarek Sims, who's now next to Mother Teresa, was protecting man in the incident. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so the Newcastle players have blown up because they've got a lot to blow up about right lately. So they've blown up like Mitchell Pierce's peck right now. And it's been labelled a dog act. Now, I, I just quickly want to say, like, we, we have two puppies. Luma 
and Cisco, and they're adorable. And this is their first appearance on the show. <laughs> Luma and Cisco. They're going yeah. to be co-hosting next week. They're the critics. And Cisco's getting the snip tomorrow. Oh, and I hello, mean, Cisco. I mean, he's already sensitive about matters. To to have the Ravalara incident wrapped up as something that he would do just seems unfair. I think we need a new expression. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, just shoot through a couple. Friend yep. of the show, Todd Slater, the myth that Trent Barkin coach has fired him up. Well, the, the, the first of all, who's actually maintaining that Trent can coach? That's what I'd be asking. Yeah. He get assistant coach for Australia, but so far... Assistant coach under who? Well, he's been assistant coach at Penrith, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Right, so you can... Like, Jason he, Taylor, another... Did he, still, did he still bring his plastic chairs across from no. Brookvale? <laughs> Well, yeah. Centre of Excellence at Narrabeen. Yeah, yeah he, he and Ricky have got a, bu- a bulk deal going at Bunnings. You know, Ricky <laughs> just chews through them and Trent moves them. Uh, Daniel Michaels fired up about Nita Maynard. Well, as you said, equal opportunity atrocities. We love That's that on fire thing. up. Terrific. Yeah, equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, and she, she's ashamed of herself for it. Yeah, no, no, she's, she's um, apologised. Pain it's, hostile. Yeah, just, and, yep. Carry and, on. Here's uh, a chance to have a go. You know why she did it, by the way? Oh, yep. <laughs> they, were, they were watching the rabbits. Bulldogs game and she goes this offends me as a rugby league player the complete lack of Trent Barrett offence it doesn't exist and so she went the knuckle yeah fair, fair enough. enough who wouldn't uh, Matt Dillon no Ferris after the Dragons are on three um, on the trot yeah well he's in the coaching staff we've explained that and I think um, Stephen Ferris always maintained uh, that Hook's a great coach and an even better bloke yeah well that's right well they DJ'd together you know back in the day <laughs> I tell you Hook he's got form Those, he yeah. really does yeah he's a Chicago house guy is he? Absolutely. He won't touch the Detroit techno. It's not, right. not for him. It's just fundamentals. He goes, dance music, fundamentals. That's all it is. Get the first pass right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blake Williamson uh, laments the um, difference between the uh, cellar dwellers and the penthouse. Peter Blanders. Mm. Um, here's a shopping list. Uh, at Dogstar 1, St. George, two short dropouts when they're winning. Raiders forward pass. Hi, Dennis. The Eels just went over the Tigers. Bunnies just scraping over the Dogs. Perseverance helicopter to tweet NRL from Mars on six again rule. Um, just, just wondering, the forward pass he's talking about was that? Well, I went through, I went through the official game, and I didn't see, I didn't see any forward pass. Maybe he's just um, um, consoling you about the Nicarima incident from the. I mean, I, I no, do- I'm just wondering whether maybe the forward pass is about the the Sharks game in 2016, where where clearly <laughs> the ball was not only thrown from. The good side of the twenty meter line and caught behind it. That was called forward. Maybe he's talking about that one. Yeah. Or was it? Was it the forward pass that was called in the eighty eight grand in the eighty eight semi final <laughs> against against Laurie? Where I think the answer to all that is yes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Jake Porritt, Eels undefeated, which is the first time in over ten months that's happened <laughs> to start the season. Apparently, if they win next week, they equal their best ever start. Which was last year, five and zip, and Sterling just goes. Whoever the commentator was, and Sterling goes. All those, I think it was Dan Ganane, All those wonderful Parramatta teams. I mean, for a lot of people who are out there listening, they weren't alive when those wonderful Parramatta teams went round. That's how bad it's been for Parramatta. Did you know that teams? So of the sixteen teams, so their most games won in a row. Only four of them have won the premiership in the year that they won their most games in a row. Who were they? <sighs> Cronulla. No, uh, Cronulla, yeah. Cowboys. Souths. Uh, yeah, cause Souths, there yeah, would have been 09. Like 1909. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Raiders. Anyway. Raiders? Raiders would have won four in a, um, oh, their longest streak. I reckon, between... they would have put, I reckon they would have put like six or eight together in the I mean, 2000. 94 might have been your longest streak. I think their, I their think. longest streak uh, was actually between... I reckon 95, actually. I'm going to call 95. I think it was between... It was It was a dual season. It went over, yeah. over two... It went over, over four to break. five, yes. well, was it, Wasn't your greatest team that never won was 93, right? When Siggy broke his leg? <sighs> That's, you know. Yeah, text in about that one. It still hurts. <laughs> and that about wraps it up? Uh, last one. Oh, here we go. It's just a shark's emoji. <laughs> um, not from Scott Morrison. Is it from Brendan? Not from Scott Morrison. That's from uh, Sharkcast. I'm telling you what, if John oh, Morris, if John Morris had, had a diploma from the Fire Up uh, Coaching School of Excellence, there wouldn't be any question about extending his contract. We need to get this initiative in place. Is he? Is his dad Scott Morrison? Uh, considering they, well, he's spe- son. considering they spell and pronounce their names differently. But Morris, the son of Morris. Oh I'm just wondering. You know, is he? Is he? Well. I don't want to go. I don't want to make those jokes I see, about I, the, I sh- see, the Shire and what goes on down there. I see more of Scott Morrison's family than I do my own, and he's not he's not <laughs> pedaled out every time he needs to wheel out his kids for a photo. Well, well, gentlemen, it's been great to be back. I hope 
people are enjoying it, let us know if you are or you aren't, and we'll make decisions. We're, as I said, we're we're definitely in recruitment mode. We're a development podcast, mm-hmm. but I just want to make. Get on, a, go and look at England. I, I want to make a promise to everyone who's listening out there, based on what's been going on on the mainstream rugby league media over the last couple of weeks. I solemnly swear that we won't make the ironic comment. Did you know Damien Cook was a former British well, sprinter? Because they're all over it now. <laughs> well, the new, the about new, four years too late. The new, still. did you know Damien Cook is a beach sprinter? Is did you know Damien Cook's a beach sprinter? Yeah. It's getting meta. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so meta. <laughs> we will never mention it again. Layers deep, and that uh, Terry Bull gag. Yeah, Justice Crew, Justice Crew, Justice the dance. Crew. Oh yeah, the dance group. Yeah, Justice Crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, on that note, to know that. <laughs> thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Redford. Thanks, Thanks for your having me. Thanks for having me. You've been on Fire Up. We'll see you next week. Thank you both for listening. I look at the uh, the back three. Like um, they say in life, you got to have a great great back three.